Welcome to Turns Out It's Haunted, the podcast covering haunted locations and spooky stories. We're your hosts, Tracy and Laura. Hi, Scary Cats. Hello. Welcome to Turns Out It's Haunted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited because Halloween's coming. Yeah, it's not It might be two months away, but I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, round it up. (laughs) Yeah. I start thinking about Halloween now and where we are, we might actually get to go trick-or-treating this year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we'll just all wear masks. Yeah, we will be anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Masks under the masks. Exactly. Individually wrapped sweets. (laughs) Yeah. All of that. Uh, I've started because I follow so many people in the Northern Hemisphere. My Instagram feed is full of autumn Halloween like it's just like yes my favorite time of the year even though I'm stuck here coming into summer yeah but that's okay we can celebrate twice I want to have (laughs) yeah but I want to have I want to have an American Halloween and I want to have a white Christmas in my life like I have to yeah that's fair that's what you grow up with like we're so influenced Especially um, mm. in our generation, it was even more influenced by Northern Hemisphere stuff with all the media and everything. So, Yeah, and movies. Yeah, I remember being quite yeah. confused as to why our Christmas was really hot, but all the like greeting cards and everything had snow in them and I did not understand that being really young. I remember just asking Dad, why do we not have that? <laughs> Which is fair. Yeah. I'm surprised more people don't have that question, or maybe they do, and I just don't hear about it. I don't remember having that that confusion, but I'm sure I did. It's a pretty normal. It's pretty understandable. Yeah, true. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So, mm. Tracy, this mm. has been your episode to prepare for, and yep. um, and I'm a little hesitant as to ask you what it is. Well, today we're going to do two haunted objects. Okay. So it might feel a little less scary than usual, although I think the second one um, is quite um, quite horrifying. Like oh. The second one is like, <laughs> you know, just really strange and it just made me feel yuck after I researched it. The first one I'm a little bit confused about because I'm going to surprise you at the end <laughs> of telling you all about it with with some facts that that I uncovered during my research of our first haunted object which comes from Cyprus. Oh, that's intriguing. So, mhm. First up, we have a statue that is carved from pure limestone and was unearthed in Lem, so L E M B in Cyprus in 1878. The statue is called the Woman of Lem, but it's also known as the Goddess of Death. (laughs) (laughs) The Goddess of Death. Um, Okay, right. Did I scare you? (laughs) (laughs) No, it makes sense now why we're doing an episode on it because the first name was not that bad. (laughs) 
No. So it's the goddess of death. Mm. So I had to include that in there. So moving forward, I'm going to call it the goddess of death. Sure. For purposes of the Turns Out It's Haunted podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so the goddess of death was first owned by Lord Elfont. Uh, and when it came into his possession, all seven members of his family, including himself, died over the period of six years that the statue stood in his home. Wow. All of mysterious ways. However, I was not able to find what these mysterious ways people kept alluding to. Oh. And I'm like, well, that's a bit of a mystery in itself. Thank you very much. Was there a pandemic um, going on at the time? Probably. Um so both of the next two owners of the Goddess of Death statue, Ivor Minucci and Lord Thompson Noel, died along with their entire families. And then not long after that, the last owner, Sir Alan Biverbrook, and his wife and two of their daughters also died. Understandably and rightfully so, the two remaining sons of Sir Biverbrook were petrified for their lives and so they donated the statue to the Royal Scottish Museum at Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And so it's been there ever since. But shortly after the statue was displayed in the museum, the chief of that section also died. Wow. So hence why it's been given the name the Goddess of Death, because basically anyone who touches it or comes to into possession of it dies, apparently. So since that the um, the chief died, um, the museum has kept the statue in a secure glass case where no one can touch it and no one has died since that we know about. But you can still see it there. Um, you can still see it there. It's still on display at the Scottish Museum in Edinburgh. Um, so it's a little there. bit like the Annabelle, Annabelle doll. Like yeah. It seems that if you, if you encase them, it, it's an it's a energetic block i suppose or potentially if you just don't touch them wow yeah it's really interesting these objects like you just don't know what it is that activates them and what deactivates them because putting them in a case or a glass container or a box tends to stop them yeah you know like there's have have you ever heard of robert the doll no i haven't but i feel as though i'm about to Well, I'm going to save Robert the Doll for another episode. Oh, excellent. But a lot, it's a lot like Robert the Doll, which is going to make sense at another time. But Robert the Doll was kept in an attic um, and things happen in the attic, but it's only when you bring bring the object out that it becomes a problem. Mm, okay. Anyway, it's just very intriguing. When you're disrupting. objects, I find yeah. it. Yeah, I find it really interesting how it works. It is, yeah. So... What's really interesting, though, and this is where it starts to get a little bit, um, my mind started to tick when I read this, so then I started to do some more research. So there are no archaeological records of an excavation or the actual discovery and founder of the Goddess of Death statue in 1878. And the village of Lempa is one of the oldest on the island of Cyprus, and it's constantly... Um, the site of archaeological excavations. Mm. And since 1976, when um, the Edinburgh um, Museum, the Scottish Museum at Edinburgh came into um, into ownership, into possession of the Goddess of Death statue, the Edinburgh School of Archaeology teams have been out there excavating and they've excavated over 100, um, they call cruciform 
distinctly female figurines. Okay. Um, so cruciform is a statue that's shaped like a crucifix in terms of it has the, it, like it, it, it's not a crucifix, it looks like a, a woman's body, but the woman's body is shaped like a cross. So like the elbows arms are kind out. of come out. Okay. Yeah, arms are out. Um, and the, the legs and the body and the hips, yeah. uh, the bottom part of the crucifix and the head's the top bit. Um, and they're obviously female because they have breasts and hips. Right. Um, and they're quite soft and, and curvy and round. But they've never found another statue that is the same. They find many statues that look the same. Yeah. And you can tell that they're obviously depicting some kind of goddess. Yeah. But... There is no statue that they've ever found that looks even remotely similar to the Goddess of Death statue. So that's interesting. Um, yeah. So there are a few similarities between the ones that they find, um, but then there's really obviously distinct differences. So I'm just going to talk about that a little bit. So much like hundreds of other cruciform statues unearthed from the same time period and location, at the time the goddess of death statue was to considered to be either a fertility statue or a statue of a goddess, which is fair. It's pretty standard. There is no detail on the surface of the statue to help understand it. And so many of the other statues will have some kind of um, like sigil or some kind of um, reference to the goddess that it is uh, worshipping. So Unlike those hundreds of other fertility statues, though, the goddess of death has obvious differences. So where the others have straight or non-remarkable hips, the, the goddess of death has very curvy and pronounced hips. Where the others have more detail in the arms and the legs, the goddess of death has no real clear definition of either. So um, we're going to put up, a, a um, oh, obviously, a, a picture. A, picture on Instagram but you know when um like it was like in the late 90s statues kind of came out for like people's homes that were really kind of um a little bit like semi-abstract and so you could tell that it was a body yeah but it like a woman's body but it just didn't look like one mm. and that's what the goddess of death looks like whereas the other ones the other fertility statues you knew that it was female yeah okay so so because I, I read that there was no record, I'm thinking, well, how do they know this information? Yeah, And exactly. I still don't know why, because what I actually found instead were all of these things actually making me think that the goddess of death statue is a, a load of baloney. You reckon it is? Because, well, listen to this. So exhaustive searches of the different families listed in connection with the statue produced very few, if any, results. So no record can actually be found of a Lord Elfont. So even though this is the story that Lord Elfont was the first owner and seven members of his family died in mysterious ways, yeah. there is no record of a Lord Elfont. And so if you're a right. Lord, you would think that you would be in, um, that. well, over in Britain, there, um, the British government has um, a list of, well, the colonial governors. Yeah. Are listed in a book and anyone that's given a title as lord is recorded sure. because you are obviously a member title. of yeah. the royal family yeah it's a title royal family and all that kind of stuff of um of stat of stature yeah so 
the British government has been a protectorate of Cyprus since 1878 mm. and the, the list of colonial governors makes no mention of a Lord Elfont, nor does the registry of British nobility. That's what I was trying to think about. Nobility. I should have just yeah. kept reading my research. Nobility. <laughs> so likewise, a search for Evil Manucci comes up empty, except on articles specific to the goddess of death. Right. And there are also no records of Lord Thompson Noel or Sir Alan Beaverbrook. Oh. I know. What's even stranger is that an online search of the National Museums of Scotland archives doesn't even show the item in its inventory. Oh, so it's not there or it is there? It is there. Okay. But no one has any idea. Like, so this is the backstory that they tell about this statue. But no one has any idea how it actually got there. It's not been recorded like how it got there. Yep. That's so And so weird. where did the story, where did the story come from? Yeah, right. Where did it come from? I mean, it was in the late 1800s that it came into ownership of yeah. or came into possession of the museum, the Scottish Museum. Yeah. And obviously this is a story that's been passed down, but there are no records of this statue coming in. Mm. So this statue just stands there and everyone's afraid of touching it, but it could all be a piece of baloney could just be a bar of soap that's been whittled away and <laughs> bit of limestone a lump of limestone but just for what purpose just eroded. to generate interest to get people visiting no it in idea. edinburgh i don't know well i don't think the museum is lying i don't think i think the museum is telling the who truth who else would benefit from it because it's just sat there well i think maybe it's an urban legend Maybe it's a a, um, a myth or a family myth that was passed down through family to family, and it was just the story yep. that these sons of the the elusive Sir Alan Beaverbrook had heard the stories yeah. and tried to pass them on their best. But it's just crazy that these lords and these sirs don't even exist. It is crazy. It's weird. Um, I think I need to just me... go over to Scotland and check it out. <laughs> Yeah, and and go dig around in Cyprus too. Uh, nah, nah, I'm not much of a digger. <laughs> I've always wanted to find treasure. Um, I do have a question yeah, though. Cool. That was a lot of little statues found in that one area. Mm. There must have mm-hmm. been some significance there. Yeah, for sure. It would have been either the site of worship that they found yeah. um, or perhaps even... Um, well, yeah, a site of worship, but like perhaps even a church or um, a basement of a building. Mm. Um, and it could have also been like a mass um, burial. So it could have been either from a celebration or a festival or a, a time and a date where they had to um, sacrifice or give an offering yeah, okay. and it needed to yeah. be buried or you know, all given over. Who knows what their what their culture and yeah. what it was. Like we're going like these these this was dug up in eighteen seventy eight, but the um the goddess of death statue is believed to be from three thousand five hundred BC. Yeah, so it's, it has been dated at least to give it some sort of reference. Has, yeah. Well has it? <laughs> I don't <laughs> like know. Like you said, it could be a bar of soap that's eroded. <laughs> <laughs> Super intriguing though. I'm not let me I'm touch not prepared it and let yeah, me see. Exactly. I'm not prepared to hold it and find out. <laughs> well, I think that's what the problem is. I think that everyone's just going, Yeah, I'm not prepared to risk it. Thanks. Mm, I'll just yeah. believe the story and I don't care if it's a load of baloney. 
It's still a pretty intriguing Poor story. <laughs> it is. Well, I think, you know, like what else have we got in our museums that yeah. they, they have no no inventory of actually receiving the the item and you know what museums are like like yeah i've seen enough movies to know that they keep those logs quite meticulous yeah, and that's all part of it key and if mm. someone like you was to stand on the other side of its little perspex box would you have to wait and see what came up energetically or would you know sort of straight away whether it was a load of baloney or not or like you wouldn't know until you got there well what's really difficult is that um we can, because humans have an idea of what something is and a fear of it, our energy can, it can hold on to our energy. It doesn't mean that it's a haunted object, but it can be a seriously uh, low energetic, scary object. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's possessed, yeah. but it could definitely carry a lot of weight. So I'm not entirely sure. Like as far as I know, I've not come in contact with a haunted object. Uh-huh. So um, I don't know what it would be like, but this object has me intrigued because I read and read and read and read and I was like, oh, the Goddess of Death statue, that's perfect yeah. for the podcast. Sounds and cool. then when I got further in, I'm like, hang on a minute, mm. hang on a minute, it's all been a load of bullshit, yeah. what? this isn't fair. Yeah. And then I was like, well, that's actually quite interesting because... I don't know, maybe we put it to our listeners who thinks that it's a load of baloney and who thinks that it's actually a statue that we wouldn't touch because we think that it actually did kill this Lord Elfont and all seven of his family in mysterious ways. I don't know. Yeah, and, and who's very good at researching as well. Maybe someone else can mm. dig something up about it, so to speak. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know. Because I went into all, yeah, I went into all different um, chats on it where yep. people were just baffled, like yep. literally scratching their heads. Super weird. Mm. But it actually, what's actually interesting is that this object is listed in one of the top 10 most haunted objects in the world. Oh, because of the number of deaths and I feel, written about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But I feel that it's taking the place of something more rightfully deserving especially if we don't have any records i'm like how dare you take a top 10 who would put that in a top 10 yeah good point who makes up the top 10 anyway like who sits there and makes that list definitely not me (laughs) wouldn't go in my top 10 something that has this much um the this much sort of mystery around its truth and its authenticity it would not be in my top 10 Mm. fair Fair call. I'd have to be like, prove it. Prove your worth of number seven in the top ten. Let me take you out of your case. Someone touch it. Let's see if it can prove itself. (laughs) Surely you need, like, some documented accounts and whatnot, many different listener or witnesses and that sort of thing to make, you know, top ten status. You would think. Mm. What else you got? Mm. What's this other thing that you've been saying? It's actually really, really um, interesting, but um, like when I'm gonna, I'm gonna play you some audio. Oh gosh! Um, All right. And it's like a guttural scream, and it makes me feel yuck in my stomach. Okay. Oh so, dear. All right. Take a breath. We're going from yeah, we're going from Cyprus to North England, and I'd like to introduce you to the anguished man. Oh. Yes, okay. <laughs> I tried to say it nicely and, and, and um, smile you as did. I said it instead of the anguished man. The anguished man. The anguished man. Uh-oh. So the anguished man 
was created by an unknown artist. So we have no idea who painted this. But what we do know is that the artist mixed oil paints with his own blood to paint the painting. Mm, okay. So studies have been done on the painting and it shows that it's a mixture of blood and paint. But shortly after he completed the work, the artist himself committed suicide. Yep. Yep. Did he bleed to death? <laughs> oh. Probably. Who poor knows? taste, Alara, poor taste. <laughs> Sorry. He might have. Okay. He might have. But either way, he killed himself and he was obviously quite disturbed. So Anguished, one would say. And, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm so sorry. Bum-tush. <laughs> oh, God. We need to get Maddie to put a... Boom-tush. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Terrible joke. Sorry about that. Okay. No, you're not. So currently owned by a man named Sean Robinson from Cumbria in England, the supposedly most haunted piece of art in the world was inherited by Sean's grandmother, who had it hidden in her attic for 25 years. Convinced the painting was cursed, she told of a dark male figure in the house at night and strange noises and crying coming from the attic. So when Sean um, inherited it and brought it home, he knew of his grandmother's kind of um, fear of the painting. And at this point, I'm like... Burn it, burn it, yeah, burn just it, get throw it rid out. Of like, it. Where can you put, put it? Put it in a garage sale yep. and make yep. it somebody else's problem. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Very soon after bringing the painting home, Sean and his family began experiencing encounters with the dark male figure. Oh, and often what a heard shock. Crying and moaning. And Sean's wife, of course, ordered the painting to the back of a cupboard in their basement, which fair yeah. like I would do that too if I if I knew that I brought this painting in that my mother-in-law told me so I'd be like okay I believe my mother-in-law thank you very much mm. that painting can fuck off into the back of the cupboard in the basement wrap it up and so mm-hmm. but then in 2010 a flood completely um ripped through their basement and so they excellent they basically tried to save what yeah, they basically tried to save what they could. Why you would save no. the anguished man painting, I have no Let idea. It float but they away. did. Gosh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we can do some strange things when we inherit things because, mm. um, you know, if he was particularly close with his grandmother and, you know, she left it to him or gave it to him, then maybe he feels that he can't get rid of it and he needs it. I don't know. I don't know. So almost immediately, um, they began experiencing strange activity again after the flood they moved the painting into their spare room so the activity ramped back up again and over the next few weeks Robinson would wake up to see a dark faceless figure standing in his bedroom and his wife discovered a stranger lying on the bed next to her oh good god no thanks no no so no 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 so Leaving her traumatised, the incident, though, that really put the family in danger was when their, the couple's young son, Keenan, felt a presence from behind push him down the stairs. Oh, my God. 
That would have to be the last straw. Oh, like uh, it wouldn't have even gotten to that. Like no. It, sorry, Grandma. Buy painting. No. Burn, yeah. burn, burn, burn. Burn, like, baby, burn. You just wouldn't. No. Oh, or you'd take it to you'd take it to a museum, or you'd take mm, it to an like, art place. You'd fu- yeah, or you'd go on Facebook and you'd be like, anyone want this like fucked up painting? You can have it. It's yours for free. Yeah. So. Um, this is a quote from Sean and there's a few quotes in here that I've gotten for him. So, um, the noises have been getting worse. We have heard crying coming from the corner of our bedroom. We started seeing the dark figure standing at the bottom of the bed, just staring at us. It seems to be a middle-aged man, but his features are not very clear. So into that, at this point in 2010, he starts to, um, he creates like a, a YouTube channel with a little blog attached and he starts to do like random little updates. And that was his first update of, um, this information around the painting. Uh-huh. So in 2011, he uploaded a video on YouTube, which is still there. So everyone can Google this on YouTube and it's titled ghost activity caught on tape, haunted painting, the anguished man. It ended up gaining over a million views almost like overnight. Whoa. And the video was recorded in one of the bedrooms. So what he did was he set up a camera um, to record for the whole night for eight hours. But this video that you're going to Google, it doesn't go for eight hours. It only goes for three minutes. So he's obviously just cut to the chase and ca- yeah. caught the things that are of, of relevance. And it contains footage of the door closing on its own and, um, and in addition to that, a loud bang and sounds of scraping, like something is like um, using um, their nails to either scrape themselves up the wall or scrape themselves across the floor. Um, it can be heard in this video. Oh, dear. Um, I know, and it's gross. Um, so I'm going to play all of this later because it all kind of comes oh, in one big go. Goody. I can't wait. <laughs> So there was crickets um, on his YouTube channel until a year later when he created another video. So he said, I set the camera up once more in the spare room. The painting has been stored away since the last recording and I recorded over three nights for approximately four hours per night between 1am and 5am. I recorded the usual banging noises but on the second night at approximately 3.25am I recorded the painting suddenly falling over. And immediately afterward, a small orb is visible just above the painting. So you'll see in the video that the painting is like um, sitting on a bed and it's like leaning up against the wall, but it's got quite an angle on it. So it wouldn't, and it's been sitting there for so long that it wouldn't just fall over on its own. It would need some kind of force to, to push, to push it. it. It wouldn't forward. be able to fall forward. Okay. Yeah. Like it could slide down the wall, yeah. but it wouldn't fall forward. Um, so... um, there were no drafts in the room to close the door or knock the painting over and the painting was stood at an angle against the wall so it should not have been able to tip over by itself. I also experienced the strange mist again at the top of the stairs. It was like I was suddenly surrounded by smoke and I became very cold but then it vanished as quickly as it came. So that video is also on YouTube um, for everyone to still see. But since then, Robinson uploaded more videos, posting updates about the painting and captured further paranormal activity in the house, such as distorted sounds and a mysterious ghostly figure running past the camera, which is really cool. Like you, you actually see this kind of like 
white ghosty imagine like typical how you would imagine seeing an apparition and it just goes straight across the camera wow i know um so this is another quote i have recently temporarily moved in with my parents and obviously took the painting with me obviously obviously i take my (laughs) wife and son but obviously the painting sure (laughs) it was only in the house for a few days when the noises started there in this episode, oh, sorry, um, the same noises I had previously experienced. There on the third night, then on the third night, my father felt uh, fell down the stairs, the same as my son did at the other house, but thankfully he was unhurt, uh, although I have moved the painting back into storage. It's like, just keep the fucking thing in storage, mm, would you, wow. please? Just, yeah, so, yeah. So there's really nothing about the painting for a, for a couple of years and then in 2017 he picks back up again and he starts talking about what he's been doing since. So I have since been working closely with John Blackburn and Ian Lawman of the Mysteria Paranormal Group, taking the painting to some of the allegedly most haunted locations in the UK. What? Why? Why? I know including 35 Stonegate at York and Chillingham Castle in Northumberland. Now, before I go on, why? Why? Like you said, why? And what I think is that's what happened. It's what's happened since um, his last update on YouTube with that video, which was in 2011. Yeah. Um, I think he's probably just um, gone on a whole um, paranormal rabbit hole haunted kind of, yeah, yeah, like I really think that this has opened up something inside of him that he's just really intrigued by and just wants answers. So he's obviously reached out to some paranormal societies and groups and asked questions yeah. and they're just like, oh, my God, hello, and he won't let them take it, so he has to be with it. I don't, I don't know. So you've got Maybe, some unusual compulsion and attachment to this painting, do you think? Potentially. It's a really good point. What kind really of could. rational person? Oh, anyway. Everyone's different, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Not my cup True. of tea. Um, mm, it's funny how he and, – and you can see videos where he's interviewed with the painting and it's oh. like he'll, he'll just hold it really? next to him in front. Like it's like a – it's a square um, – just to give you an idea, it's a square uh, canvas that is like um, – it's not very big at all. It's probably um, like maybe – maybe 50 centimetres by 50 centimetres. Oh, okay. All right. So it's not a huge painting. Uh Sure. No. Um, And the man in the painting, the anguished man in the painting, looks like an anguished man, but it's a very, it's a semi-abstract picture of a man that's bald. It almost looks like Voldemort to me. Yeah, okay. Um, And the painting is like all reds and orange and yellow. Mm. So... It was on the evening of 18th of May 2013 at Chillingham Castle that a group of people experienced events that were both terrifying and unexplained. None of the guests were prepared for what was about to happen in the early hours of that Sunday morning. The room went icy cold when a large dark figure appeared in the middle of the seance circle. A large wooden bench banged on the floor of its own accord in response to John Blackburn's questions to the painting. Then suddenly the bench was flipped upside down violently by what was believed to be John Sage, one of the Chillingham, one of Chillingham Castle's resident powerful spirits, who we think was showing the anger to a foreign uninvited spirit to his castle. 
again, stop. Don't, don't piss ghosts off. Don't taunt them. Don't like try and get a reaction. It's just stupid. Like these, these people are apparently paranormal groups. It's just like, no, you're not, you're, you're idiots and you're very irresponsible and have no respect at all. That's just my little rant and rant ended, rant done, rant finished, closed. So John Blackburn from the um, Mysteria, (laughs) from the Mysteria Paranormal Group um, stated it was the strangest experience in all of his years of investigation. And there were at least 20 witnesses at these events. So Mm. it wasn't bullshit. It actually happened. But of course it's not bullshit that actually happened because this shit does happen. But that shit is going to happen if you're going to be a fucktard. If you're going to do something that's um, upsetting them. Antagonise them. Yeah. 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 Why would you? Like you're just an idiot. Wow. So to this day, Robinson refuses to destroy the painting and keeps it in his basement to avoid any more harm to his family. He's currently planning on bringing his story to the big screen as La Bray Pictures have acquired the rights to make a film about the anguished man with um, a famous sort of um, haunted paranormal uh, director named Ty, Rock, Ty Riggs. Right. Um, and I haven't seen the movie yet. I haven't seen it come out. I don't know if it, were, if it ended up going into production or not, but... What I did do was try and Google for the movie to see if it actually had come out since this was published, yeah. and it hasn't. But what I did find was um, a short a short film that was created on YouTube from um, sort of uh, UK Indian um, culture. Like they've obviously got some sort of interest in it, yep. and it's just this. Um, UK Indian group of people creating this short film and it's pretty cool if you watch it I think um it doesn't go for that long so it's worth the watch just to sort of get an idea of on the painting of the experiences yeah wow okay um but um I kind of this whole anguished man thing yes. just gives me the creeps. Yeah. Like it really gives me the creeps, especially when you hear the audio. Like it's just, it's is it anguished? It's just disgusting. It's a perfect word. How did you how did you come up with that word? <laughs> it's not a comfortable word though. It's not a um. It brings up anguish, like a pain, the word anguished. a lot of pain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And no resolution. Anguish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so are you ready? Are you ready no. to hear the audio? I'm not ready, but I'll never be ready and you're going to play it for me anyway, so you might as well just do it now. <laughs> okay. Take a breath. All right. Close your eyes, mm-hmm. even though you can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes, yikes, and bikes. <laughs> it's pretty horrific, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I have a question. Was that animal or human or other, Tracy? Oh, I don't know. That's what it was, and I don't know. It's um, it's quite 
it's quite the sound. It's um, it's deep, and it almost sounds like the devil. Yeah. Like how in in movies when we hear things like that, it's like it's it's what we would think. Oh shit, that just sounds like the devil to me. I'm out of here. Yeah, it's not a uh, it's not a nice bedtime lullaby. Oh no, but um. It's probably the definition of an anguished scream. Yeah. Like what What else would an anguished scream sound like if that's not it? So haunted and painful and oh, all of that. Yeah, and just, yeah, no wonder he committed suicide. Yeah. And do you know, you might have said it at the very start, so he, well, the artist painted this painting and when he... Um, committed suicide did he do that straight after or it just yeah when the painting was finished he killed himself yeah so the paint wasn't even dry and then that was the next thing like he Mm -hmm. it's just an expression of his obviously you know emotional state at the time yeah and then that was that because there's so much energy in that like he's created like you know depicted that well I wonder, like, I don't know, but I wonder whether or not he knew what he was doing when he painted it with his blood, realising that he's keeping himself stuck in yeah. the painting. Maybe maybe he did it on purpose. Maybe he, you know, was a witch and sort of it was Ooh. an intention to to transfer my energy into this painting. Who knows? Like, And then whoever who else then he's... has it or comes into possession of it or spends time with it. That's freaky. It is. And if you believe in something, if you if you give something the credence and the attention that um, that it wants or that it that if you make it alive in your intention, then it's going to play back. Yeah, it's just the way that it works if it's got any energy in it. But all I know is that if I saw this painting, I would struggle to actually look at it in person. Yeah, it's a lot. I, I would. Yeah, I would probably want to look at it from not look at it directly. It's like not look at it. It doesn't have eyes in the painting, but I wouldn't want to look at it front on. I'd kind of, I don't know, it's like I'd want to look at it out the side of my eye and not <laughs> not come face to face with it because I wouldn't I, I wouldn't want to see anything. Yeah, that's my you thing. Would I'd be too. like someone like you would. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. that's not what you want to do. I'd be do. going in. Mm. Yeah, I'd be going in shut. I'd be going in. No Tracy Stacey at all no. is allowed in this room Mm-mm. and it's just me. Yeah. And I don't want to know. I want to be a normal, regular, ordinary person with no special ability to be able to know anything other than this painting than what Laura would. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was going to say, you just want to be like me. <laughs> well, in which case just I wouldn't be anywhere near it. <laughs> I wouldn't go anywhere near it. I have absolutely <laughs> no interest in going to see it. No? Not at all. Would you go? Would you go see the statue? The Goddess of Death? Yeah. I've been to that museum, but obviously that was many, many years ago <gasps> and I had no idea about that story. But it's a very cool museum. They have lots of cool things there. I wonder if you did see it. Well, maybe. And didn't know you were looking at maybe. it. I saw Dolly the sheep, you know, the first That's ever cool. cloned sheep that they did. Oh, yeah. Saw her there was and she stuff. There? They've got cool taxidermied animals. Yep. Ew, Dolly the taxidermy sheep. freaks me out. It's an art, though, isn't it? Like, how do you get oh, something to it? take on the exact same shape as a real animal when it's completely void of all its muscles and everything? It's a very morbid art. 
super more, but it's super old too. You know, taxidermy's been around for a very long time. It is weird. I it's super this creepy. Movie. I watched a movie the other day with Matt um, that was really good. It was just on Netflix and I can't remember what it was called, but it was based on a true story and the girl, it was a serial killer movie, of course. <laughs> um, and the it was based off one of the girls that was a survivor of the serial killer, and oh. he would he was just a he was just a regular dad what, husband you know back in the eighties or the yeah it was in the eighties I think right um, and but he had this um, um, second life and down in his man cave um, he would pick up prostitutes and bring them down and he would hold them capped, keep them captive and rape them and torture them and then he would murder them. And he was a hunter and so he used to, he, and he flew a, a small plane, so he used to get in his plane and he would take the, the girls in the plane and fly them out to this remote area in Alaska and um, he would bury them out there like deep within the wilderness in Alaska where no one would ever find them. Wow. Anyway, one of the girls was able to escape before she got on the plane. She jumped out of the car and ran into the bushes and he couldn't find her and he let her go. Yeah. And um, she, when she goes to the police, she and she was only 17, the poor thing. Wow. Um, but when she goes to the police to tell them what happened, she talks about how this room that she was in had taxidermy animals everywhere. Oh, She's just okay. like there were yeah. animals, like dead animals, taxidermy animals everywhere and so whenever they were trying to find the killer or try to find who they were looking for that was one of the things Mm. that um there were a few other things but this is what I'm talking about taxidermy but one of the things that they would try and find was whether or not this person collected taxidermy animals or was a hunter or was a taxidermist or whatever and then when they actually show some pictures of what the room like obviously it's recreated for the movie but then they show some pictures of the real the real thing and it is like it's giving me goosebumps now talking about it It is so creepy and like can you imagine like being held in a basement room and it's dark and you've just you're by yourself you're cold you're hungry you're sitting in your own feces and you have you're petrified and you're sore and you're tired yeah and you're 17 and you look around and there's just all these dead animals staring at you so so like weird the trauma in that is like next level. Like uh, the eyes, like oh yeah. Like just add another element to the whole thing. It's gross. They're not real eyes. They're glass eyes. Yeah, but still, it's creepy as yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, that whole movie was her story, like the seventeen-year-old that got away. Yeah, it was okay. from her, um, like, her because recount. they caught him because of her. Yeah. yeah. So she's all good um, now, lived, he, lived a life. And yeah, she ended up going and getting married and having kids. And, never forgot that um, fucked up time, no doubt. But Of course. Well, she was the reason why they ended up catching him. Yeah. And they can't even, he's never um, confessed to how many he killed, but they think that it was probably in the 80s. Wow. Like, up, up in, yeah. And he just had many people. He like he was a dad. He had a family living upstairs, and this was in his basement. And no one knew. Mm -hmm. How did no one know? No one knew. Oh, that's bullshit. Most people, most people don't know. Like if you if you're like me and you're a serial killer and true true crime junkie, (sighs) um, that that is usually the case. Yeah, it's usually the case. It just blows me away that someone can do that in their own home like Matt farts in the garage and I know about it like there's nothing 
<laughs> and I don't think I'm an overbearing wife. I just think that if you know... God, I love you. <laughs> you don't think you're an overbearing wife knowing that your husband's farting in the garage. <laughs> but this is not just a fart in the garage situation. This is having people down there and not only that they're like moving them in there moving them out of there flying them in a plane somewhere else this is crazy mm-hmm. this is a crazy and amount was... of action and activity to go on with everyone else having no idea about it plus he was a local shop owner oh so gosh. he was a baker wow he had a bakery and so he was a he was a member of society that people he was recognizable knew yeah and, yeah Wow. Um, I don't... It's pretty... Yeah. It's, but full full sociopath. Would have to be. Full sociopath. Yeah. Hundo. Uh, the, the ability to be able to keep those lives separate is and maintain some kind of level of normalcy that no one would ever know is just next level... Fucked up. Um, well, yeah. Fucked up and incredibly intelligent, yeah. which they all are. Yes. They're all so Super intelligent. Smart. It's part of the problem, yeah. right? They think exactly. they can always get away with it. No one will ever know. And Yeah. And it's usually just one little mistake or one little chance of luck of a victim. Yeah, she got that out. That will, will bring it all unfolding. Amazing. Like it, it's very rarely their fault for, for it all falling down. It's usually a victim that survives. Yeah. It's weird. They didn't take that into account. Um, yeah. Mm. But there is a serial killer, just on a side note, oh um, named Ed Kemper. And I'm going to give a shout out to one of my clients and dear friends, Stephen, for sending Stephen. this to me the other day, which he's just, he sends me random little emails with random little facts about true crime because he knows that I love it. Um, and I did already know this, but it, he brought it to my attention again, which just in case I didn't, which I was like, that's so cute. Thank you very much. But there is a serial killer named Ed Kemper and he's quite famous. And if you've seen Mindhunter on Netflix, he is very much a part of that. It was very much an integral part of um, police and FBI creating their um, police profiling um, section and and working with psychologists and things like that to understand that there's a pattern to these people. The psychological side of it all. Yeah. Yeah. And Ed Kemp is a talker, so he likes to talk and he tells them about how he thinks and he, and he, he gets off on, okay. um, you know, letting people into the way of a, the mind of a, of, a, of a serial killer, which is why it's called Mindhunter as well. But he, in, in jail, like, so he got life, obviously, yeah. never coming out, but in jail, he actually is a... Um, he is a narrator for, like, a voiceover artist now for children's books. No, he is not. <laughs> yes, he is. Why? Who would book that mm-hmm. talent? That is so So, like, audiobook. Up. No, with all the voices in books. the world available to you to do that, why would you get him? Who? Maybe for, Stop maybe it. for true crime books. Not okay. Children's books? No, that's not for reals. It is. Oh it is. my god, that it's disappoints crazy. me in people. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard well, there's a famous serial killer that does paintings, and you can mm-hmm. 
that's not him, obviously. You can it's buy another one. But you can no, buy that's not him. quite yeah. famous artworks by an absolutely weedo serial killer. Mm-hmm. The name escapes yeah. me. I just remember it's hearing about same. Karen and Georgia yeah. from my favourite murder talking about it. They're so cool. Yeah. <laughs> they are. I do know who you're talking about and I can't think of the name either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they, they all, um, not all of them, but they, um, they find a way yeah. and ultimately too, like these are lifers in prison yeah. and so they've got to find a way to, um, either recover or, um, um, like it's remedial, I guess. And, um, these are very intelligent people. And so they're just channeling their intelligence, like the psychologists and the counsellors and the people that look after them are just finding different ways for them to channel their intelligence. But narrating um, audiobooks for children is so inappropriate. It is so inappropriate. It really is. That makes absolutely really, really, really no is. sense whatsoever. It gives me the creeps. I mean, the only bonus is that he wasn't a pedophile. <laughs> yeah. He was never into pedophilia, so it's not like he's got a strange obsession with children. Still and a monster, reliving or living through it. Yeah, yeah, still a monster, but in a in a strange way because Ed Kemper, um, Ed Kemper is what you would probably consider um, highly a high functioning um, autism spectrum disorder person. Yeah, so he um, he. He killed his um, his grandparents, and he when he killed it was uh, uh, this sounds so silly and so wrong in so many ways. But oh god! He he killed because not like he knew what he was doing, but he didn't understand that it was not right when he did it as well. He just and had so no compassion. He had no feeling. Yeah. Yeah, no, no empathy, no understanding, which is part of that's what they're all like. Yeah, psychopath. Yeah, yeah. Um, thing, but um, oh my god. And I know it doesn't. I know it doesn't excuse it. No, or, it does not. Tracy know, justify it or whatever. <laughs> but that's why it's so interesting yeah. because there there is always an element to the mind fuckery of it all that I get so intrigued by, it, and that's sort of, that's my jam. Yeah, it allows them to behave that way because they don't have that capacity. Um, to stop themselves. To feel bad. Yeah. 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 To just go, hang on a minute, this is probably not a good idea. Yeah. That That's actually not a nice thing to do. Yeah. That's not, mm. that's yes. not normal behaviour. Random it's fact. It's not okay behaviour. Reads children's books. Yeah. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Yeah. That was I was even thinking the other day about starting another podcast. Oh dear God, there is something wrong with you. <laughs> Seriously, you'll need to you'll need to start you know a whole other lifetime to do that. Yeah, what is it? Tell uh, me. And someone can take this and do it if they want, because <laughs> reality is that even though I would love to do it, I do not have the time to do it. Um, but I wanted to do a podcast called Jailbird Love. Oh God, yeah. Or jailed lovebird, um, and I can see it. I can see the logo or the the tile for it. It's yeah. just like jail love, and then a little arrow that's got bird inserted up the top, like jailbird love. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to do the podcast and interview people or tell stories about um, people who have fallen in love with inmates. It's so common, really, and married isn't it? them. Yeah, it is very common. Yeah. 
and no one's done it yet or um and or have inside the podcast as well people who fall in love in prison yeah. like actual prisoners that fall in love with each wow. other i find it so intriguing as well like um do you remember when we did um richard ramirez the night stalker with um cecil hotel yeah or the cecil yeah um, he got married to a lady who fell in love with him while he was in jail. Wow. And she's so much older than him and it's it's gross. Like you just see the photos. It's just like <laughs> so gross the way they're standing holding hands in the chapel oh, of the jail. Dear. And it's like <laughs> And also, um And also who's the other guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could keep going on and I'm not going to. But I'm gonna anyway. cut you off soon. <laughs> Somehow I always manage to bring it to true crime and then I can't stop. You and your ideas. (laughs) Don't be sorry. Go on. I need to know now. (laughs) No, I'm not going to go on. I'm not going to go on. It's all good. It's all good. You're so annoying. You said there was one more thing. (laughs) No, it doesn't matter because I could just, I was just going through all the people that I know who got married (laughs) to people and it's like, no, this is just, I'll be here all day. It's all turning to the other podcast. um, Yeah. One day, though, I will tell the story or share the story about my my um, connection to Ivan Malak because that's a cool one. Yeah, you would definitely have to do that. I'll hit you up next episode. Mm-hmm. You can't throw that teaser okay. out there and then not come up with it. So next week, <laughs> Tracy's going to <Okay>. share. <laughs> yes, please, listeners, just let me add a little bit of true crime into every episode, please. Oh, you absolutely can. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. But jailbird love, you're so funny. I thought it was cool. I'm like, yep, done. I could see the whole thing already. It was like, it's done. It's ready. It's done. Well, you're taking my mind off. And just record it and done. Yeah. Well, you know, do it. You don't need to sleep. Just go and do it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't need to have a life. (laughs) Yep. It's taken my mind off the anguished man somewhat, so that's nice. But everyone who's been listening, go save yourself. And Google the anguished man. Or not. And see for yourself. <laughs> or just wait for, go on Instagram mm. and check it out yourself. I'll put the statue of the goddess of death and the anguished man painting up on Insta. Yeah, some lovely cheery things for you to go have a look at. That sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so our Insta is turns out underscore it's haunted. Yes. You're not already following. And uh, TOSpsychic at gmail.com for any uh, stories you want to share. Or photos you want to yeah, send in. Or if you want to cover us it yeah, or if you want us to cover any um paranormal stories or places of um of haunt. Yeah, <laughs> let us know if you've heard about something yeah. creepy. Or also we've got Halloween coming up, so if you've got any cool ideas that you want us to cover over Halloween, let us know because I plan on bringing it. <laughs> Excellent, which means I will too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Look after yourselves. Thanks, Scaredy Cats. Bye. Got a spooky story you'd like us to share or a haunted location you'd like us to cover? Send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at turnsout underscore it's haunted. We'd appreciate a follow, a share, a rating, a review, whatever floats your
until next time, sleep well, my scaredy cats.